Hello and welcome to the Progress Report, the podcast for pre-service and rookie teachers, the place where we talk about all the lessons you didn't learn in college as it relates to the teaching profession. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. With me always is Brian Whalen. Today we've got a great show where we talk about technology integration. We're going to talk about what best practice technology integration actually looks like and what technology integration is not. Stick with us after the intro as we get into this deep dive on this exciting and relevant topic. Today's topic is all about uh, technology integration, and uh, we're going to approach this from a couple of different um, aspects, uh, but really the impetus for this conversation um, is really uh, when we were thinking about our experience, a lot of the uh, teacher preparation that we received came from professors that uh, were outside of the classroom and had been outside of the classroom um, for a long time. Um, so some of the, the technology integration strategies that they talked about um, were more theoretical and they weren't coming from a, a place of personal practice. Brian, was that similar in, in your experience? Yeah, and I, I think just the way that technology goes, it's, it's changing so much and so quickly. And um, and so uh, I think part of the, uh, the issue there is that uh, any practices that they were, or, or any strategies they were practicing, uh, may have been outdated by the time uh, a, uh, a teaching student uh, gets into the classroom and tries to implement uh, some of those strategies. Yeah, so I thought one thing that we could do to sort of kick this conversation off is first talk about uh, what sound technology integration is not. So what what isn't sound technology integration? What are the things that are often uh, mistaken for uh, best practice when it comes to integrating uh, technology um, in the classroom. I know I have a couple of uh, thoughts off the top of my head. Um, do you have anything that you want to jump in and talk about? Uh, I think as a as a general statement, uh, you know, if technology is not uh, making what you're doing better, then uh, technology might not be the right tool or the right strategy for that lesson, for that assignment, uh, for that assessment. Um, I feel like there's a there's a push certainly in our district to incorporate technology in your classroom, uh, but uh, at uh, you know at, at what level of engagement or uh, what I guess a better way would be at what level of appropriateness um, instead of just incorporating technology for the sake of incorporating technology. Yeah, I think sort of the a concrete example of this would be uh, let's say a teacher gets a class set of iPads. Every kid has an iPad. Every kid has. You know, a window in, into the internet, the unlimited possibilities that you know come around, come along with that. And the teacher uh, scans all of the worksheets that they've been using uh, for years, and, and now has the students complete those worksheets as PDFs with some sort of application that allows you to annotate on top of the PDF. When I look at that, I see that there's really nothing different going on. Uh, than in the analog version of that. And I kind of want to look at this in two different ways. One is that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily the worst thing, but it's certainly not doing anything different. And so if you're spending uh, hundreds of dollars per iPad per kid, thousands of dollars per class, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars per school and district, uh, you should really make sure that the activities you're doing have some impact greater than that piece of paper that you've been using forever. Yeah, I think what what is the and it would be difficult to determine on a uh, on a dollar basis. But if you're going to spend X amount of dollars on iPads, what is the value added to 
lessons, uh, assessments, projects, assignments in that specific classroom. While we might not be able to put a dollar amount on it, I think you certainly have to be able to uh, at least try to quantify it in some way. Yeah, there needs to be some sort of justification. One other thing that I've sort of noticed that is not technology integration is simply you know using a tool. And granted, you are integrating technology, but having an impactful, meaningful um, result with that, having you know what Brian was discussing, a return on investment um, when it comes to student impact and the dollars spent on the technology, you know, just uh, using Google Slides versus uh, a, a trifold poster board isn't in itself uh, sound technology integration, isn't itself uh, best practices. I think you just got to, you know, it, it, it's kind of identifying what uh, what instructional tech tool is going to give uh, give you the most value, give you the most authentic experience, and uh, does it make that uh, that lesson or that project does it make it better? Right. And so um, I'm going to jump in because a lot of times when you hear people talking about technology um, integration, you hear these buzzwords of authentic audience. You hear these buzzwords of uh, communicating, connecting, collaborative, thinking critically, what have become known as the four C's. Um, and there are a couple different versions of the four C's, but essentially those, uh, at least three of those four are always in the, the discussion. Um, so instead of sort of talking about it in an abstract theoretical way, I thought what we would do today is talk about uh, two concrete examples um, from our own class. What is it that we do that we feel is uh, actually meeting the goals and objectives of the four C's? And so Brian, uh, I'm going to let you start off and talk about what are the what, what's one technology integration strategy that you use with your students? Sure. Uh, I, I've used in uh, the business education classes that I teach. I, business law, investment strategies, and a personal finance course. Uh, I've uh, started using this year a, a tool called Feedly. That's F-E-E-D-L-Y. Uh, and that is a news aggregate uh, or news aggregator and um, it allows students to uh, locate uh, authors, blogs, um, websites uh, with uh, that are posting content related to uh, content in the class, um, whether it's personal finance or uh, you know, civil law cases. Um, and so instead of, um, I guess this is kind of an application part of it, instead of asking a student to go out into the vast uh, world of the Internet and find an article about uh, credit scores, uh, what they already have in place is a, uh, a personalized uh, library of, uh, again, websites, uh, blogs, and um, and other sources that are already writing about um, credit and already writing about investing. And uh, so quicker access to those resources and then um, with multiple authors, uh, it allows them to uh, read a couple different uh, perspectives or a couple different examples, uh, but then also um, evaluate those and uh, make, a, make a judgment or, um, you know, make a case for which one is most accurate or which one is most appropriate for them. Yes, yeah, so when I hear that, I sort of always go back to Bloom's Taxonomy um, to, to think about, you know, at what level are the students engaging during the lesson and uh, 
with that, you know, Brian, I think what I'm hearing is the students are using this tool to, to curate this information, uh, but then by having multiple resources, they are going to have to analyze, they're going to have to evaluate uh, whether or not uh, the, the source is credible, they have to e evaluate different perspectives, and so they're really near the top of Bloom's taxonomy, not memorizing something, uh, rather they're using technology as a tool to engage at this higher uh, order level, to, to think critically uh, about the issues that you are discussing in your class, um, I think that's a great. I think that's a great example. Yeah, and I, I think in a way they're almost creating two things. They're uh, they're creating their own uh, their own resources, uh, but then they're also uh, through that evaluation and through that analyzation, uh, they're also creating their own thoughts, their own perspective, their own viewpoints. Yeah, and so um, how long did it take you to teach the students how to use Feedly? Uh, I. You know, Ten minutes at the most, uh, outside of some technology glitches, uh, if, if students' technology isn't working, but uh, a very short amount of time. Yeah. So, uh, and it's uh, sorry, and it's something that it, I started uh, day one or day two, uh, and it just became kind of an embedded piece of the course. Yeah. The, my opinion is that the technology that has the most impact is almost invisible. You don't even realize that you're using it. it just sort of becomes. Um, this go-to tool. So, uh, unlike some resources, I'm going to throw you know Powtoon out there that you know creates these amazing like animations and stuff that creates all this sort of eye candy. Um, that's really in your face, and I think that sometimes can be distracting. Not that Powtoon is always the wrong tool, but I think that there's a tendency to look at the the glitz and glamour of some resources and sort of uh, miss the fact that what you're trying to do is deliver content and uh, help the students develop the skills to think criti critically about complicated issues. And Feedly sort of becomes this tool that I know my students, having left uh, the classes where I've introduced it, have continued to use it um, almost as if it's their own personal magazine. Um, yeah, I think that's great. Um, there's, this, uh, there's, this, uh, there's so much information out there, and to, to send a student uh, on, on, a, on a somewhat... Uh, uh, with limited directions and say, go out there and find something, I think, uh, you know, you're uh, being a little bit inefficient in your time and your energy. Invariably, you're going to usually end up with the students taking the first or second result from the Google search, which is almost always a Wikipedia article. And that's, uh, we, we could talk uh, a whole episode about Wikipedia itself, but that's not necessarily helping the students to think critically about different perspectives right. as the case may be. All right, cool. So uh, Feedly uh, is available at Feedly.com. We'll include those links in the show notes. Um, I'm going to talk now about uh, an exercise that I've done in my intro business class uh, during a career studies uh a career studies unit, I had the students conduct interviews of either a, a close personal friend or a family friend or a family member about their interview. And I created a, a list of questions that I wanted them to ask, um, as well as providing the students with the freedom to ask their own question. Um, and what I liked about this is, you know, they had to use technology uh, to, to conduct this uh, activity. But really, the focus was on the career. It was on the content. And it was forcing the students to really think about what it was that they were doing. Um, I will include a link to 
um, one example, uh, one exemplar that a student put together because uh, he understood the requirements and sort of took a, a creative spin on the assignment. Instead of reaching out to a family member or a friend, he reached out to an esports announcer that he was a fan of uh, online. Brent, do you know what esports announcing is? I, I am unaware of this. Okay, so uh, I came to know this through this project, uh, which you know I found valuable. But uh, there are there there is an industry online of uh, streaming video games uh, that not not to play but to watch people play, and in this new emerging industry, people have uh, started to broadcast and do play-by-plays much like you're watching a football game basketball game hockey game they broadcast the the playing of this game and so one of my students had been following this guy on youtube for a long time he had read that this guy conducts interviews so he used this as an opportunity to reach out to one of his um i'm not going to say idol but somebody who he admires um and and find out about his profession his uh his career as an esports uh broadcaster uh, which I thought was just amazing because clearly the student, um, you know, he, he made a connection. He communicated with this individual. They collaborated together in order to put this interview together. Um, and now I have this great example to show um, all of my future students, which I think is another thing that you can talk about with um, technology integration is having artifacts that sort of enhance future lessons. Yeah. And so, uh, Mike, maybe some people that are listening, and hopefully there's some people listening, uh, it, probably wanting to know what technology you specifically incorporated into so, that lesson. Yeah, the actual application that I used was a, a Google Chrome app called uh, MicNote. Um, that is basically just a recording app. It's sort of like, uh, actually, if Evernote had a microphone built into it. Uh, but basically, it allowed the students to simply record um, audio recordings. And there's a number of tools that you could use for this. I know Google Hangouts would probably work, um, Skype, depending upon the platform that you're on. You could even use the audio recording app on your mobile device, of which most students have. Uh, they then uploaded the MP3 that they exported from the application to a website called Podbean, which I would describe as the YouTube for podcasts. And so that's where they could host it. Um, I have also put it up on SoundCloud. The students could also do that. Um, but basically, there's no limit to, to what you're doing. But So what I would encourage teachers to do is think about their technology integration um, in terms of how it's going to impact student learning, not how am I going to put a clever uh, animated transition between my two slides. So, Mike, maybe you could look at this uh, before and an after lesson or the lesson with technology and without technology. Uh, and specifically, you mentioned some uh, the benefits of that technology, but uh, you know, what, may, what were you, would your students have done without it? And then, obviously, compare that to the example that you just talked about, about that they are actually using the technology. So if we wanted to you know, call the analog version of that assignment would be an interview that wasn't recorded. And so the student would conduct the interview and simply write down their responses. I think uh, when they're doing an audio recording, it ups the, uh, the, the level of seriousness. It, it ups the, um, the level of engagement that the student has to put forth when conducting that assignment because they know that people are going to listen to it. Uh, the follow-up after they um, did these interviews is we went into a computer lab where, where there are headphones and the students listened to, to five different uh, interviews that their classmates conducted and then uh, did a series of reflections um, after that. And so 
one of the things that I would also encourage is with technology integrations is to don't let it be standalone. Have that be part of the curriculum. Have it be part of central to what you're doing. So the students, um, they, they buy in more and they the, the quality of work is elevated. And then uh, celebrate the victories. You know, put it on your class website. Share it with your department. Uh, do everything that you can in order to let the students know that you know these are re- real assignments, and you know now the student has this connection with this person who you know who knows what may happen in the future, but at least it has you know created this opportunity. Yeah, you know I, I, I look at that lesson and, and I can reflect on some things that I've done in class and uh, teaching personal finance. We we ask uh, students a lot of times to to talk to their parents, and uh, there's a few lessons or a few units where. Uh, students are required to ask their parents questions about insurance if they've had any filed any claims and uh, we inevitably it's usually on a piece of paper that gets sent home with the students and uh, those responses are what you would expect for somebody that is just taking notes from their parents talking about insurance it might even be might not even be a complete sentence it might just be a few thoughts Uh, and so I think Mike provides you guys with a a really good example of um, of how and not only enhancing, but as Mike says, uh, I think it, get to, it, it enhances the, what did you refer to? It enhances the accountability. Accountability, absolutely. And then the other thing that I would sort of say is that you don't have to do new and different technology integration strategies every single time. So it, it's going to take some time to teach students how to use MicNote, how to you know set the microphone up, but not that much time. I mean, not enough time to you know justify not doing the activity but once they've done it once well now they know how to conduct an interview and so you can use that same strategy in a different lesson especially if you have the students for a full year Um, most of the classes i teach are one semester uh, but even under even with that being the case i can still replicate this strategy because the focus is not on the technology the focus is on the learning objective whatever that may be yeah, and I think uh, new teachers or teachers that are listening, it's uh, I really want to emphasize Mike's point about it. it's it's difficult to and we're we're inundated and bombarded with all of these new technology tools and all of these new things that make the classroom experience so much better. And I think Mike and I can both speak that uh, you you have to find your own uh, niche, I guess, in terms of. Uh, what technology works in your classroom, what technology is going to be best for uh, the objectives that you're trying to achieve, um, and and find a couple and make those your, your go-to, uh, with obviously room to explore new technologies as they arrive. Yeah, I think the, the way to sort of frame the whole idea of technology integration is developing a toolkit you know, for yourself. And th- there's no one tool that works best um, some people are very uncomfortable hearing their voice recorded. I know that I sound terrible, but I just don't really care. <laughs> um, but uh, develop the toolkit for you and then, you know, hone those tools, you know, sharpen the axe. You know, you, you can have a thousand different tools in your toolkit, but if they're, you know, not working well, if you have a dull axe, well, then you're not going to be able to chop down the tree. All right. So make sure that you're honing your tools, choose ones, and then really dive deep into thinking about how you can use it to have the most impact with your students. What about a tool belt, Mike? Would that would that work okay? <laughs> a tool you... belt would probably be okay, okay. more mobile, good yeah. if you're, you know, re-roofing your house. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think that th- those are two concrete examples, and uh, what I'd like to continue to do in future episodes is uh, talk about other technology strategies, concrete examples, and then sort of do this deep dive where we examine 
you know, not just what we're doing, but why we're doing it. And if we can leave you with nothing else, think about why you're doing the technology uh, integration strategy that you are doing with your students. Uh, if you can't answer that question, if you don't know why, well, then it's probably not the best decision for you. Yeah, what, what's your return on, on investment? If, if money is being put into uh, access to that technology, uh, what's your return? What are you getting out of it? More, I guess more importantly, what are your students uh, getting out of it? All right, great. Well, I think that's just about all the time that we have for this episode number two of the Progress Report. Uh, as a reminder, I'm Mike McFadden. You can follow me on Twitter at MJ McFadden. That's M-J-M-A-C-F-A-D-D-E-N. Uh, you can also find me at mmcfadden.com. Brian, where are you? Uh, I'm all over the place, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Whalen.biz, that's W-H-A-L-E-N.biz. I am also on the Twitter at Brian, B-R-I-A-N underscore Whalen, W-H-A-L-E-N. I keep listening. Uh, this is still uh, early in our podcasting uh, careers, and uh, we're happy to do this. Um, I know that I'm finding that I'm getting a lot out of it, actually, having to, to think about my teaching. I think it's that, yeah, that, that reflective practice um, to, uh, or what sometimes you know, thinking about what you're thinking about or thinking about what you're implementing in your classroom. Yeah, so podcasting is a great way to be metacognitive. There's a buzzword for you. Buzzword. Dropping them down. All right, thanks a lot for listening. We're almost at the 20-minute mark. See you later. See ya. See ya.